Hey, George. Hey, Camille. Ready to make another episode? I think so. Yes. I think so. No, you have to know so. You have to decide to be ready, George. Do we really know anything? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. This is is not that podcast. What's going on right now? This is not that (laughs) podcast. Okay, but I do have a fun pop quiz for you. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, you ready? Do you know where this lyric comes from? This is a song lyric. Already I'm going to lose. Okay. No, you should know this one. Okay, here's the lyric. If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. That that sounds like either a Boston legal or Star Trek quote to me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's from a song. song. It's from a song. I'm going to guess Rush Limelight. Oh, very good. You got the Rush part right. It's from Free Will. Oh, of course. Um, same album, I think, right? I Yes, Moving I think pictures? so. I should really know this. You should know that. I mean, of course, that's an awesome quote. And what, what? how did that come to you? Because we're talking about decisions. Once again, welcome to The Belief Shift, the show that explores what you really need to know about building a successful business. I'm your host, Camille Rapaz, business coach and consultant who spent too much of her career working in corporate business performance. And I'm George Trapeau, your co-host and her brother. I'm a leader in the tech world, bringing my corporate perspective, but mostly my curiosity. Together, we're exploring beliefs about success and how to achieve it, but mostly we're bringing practical solutions so you and your business can thrive. In our last episode, we talked about what makes it hard to make a decision? How do you overcome those obstacles? So today I want to hopefully we'll make it easier for people to overcome obstacles and work on their decisions by giving them some frameworks that they can use. Because sometimes it's just helpful to have a way to go about it. So that's why I thought of that. And it's also true. Not deciding is a decision. Hmm. Not always a bad decision. We'll get into that later. Most of the time, it's not a good decision, though, to not make a decision. This is going to get very circular very fast. Okay, (laughs) let's get into this. So you know how I love doing a little Google search? (laughs) Because I I just want to see if people go and and I'm not doing it because then I'm just copy pasting from Google and then talking about it. I do it because I want to see if somebody were to go out and Google search this topic, what would they learn from it? And then how can I do better? How can I give them better information? Yeah, I think it's awesome that you do that. And I'm thinking like, okay, so now are you either Bing searching this with Bing chat or you chat GPT searching this? Chat GPT is now part of the Oh, you search. did? Yes, I did. Awesome. I totally did. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, chat GPT, man. You can get down a rabbit hole in that. Yeah. It gets too, dare I say, fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's weirdly appealing. Plus, I love that it has a button where you can just tell it. Basically, it's a button that just says stop talking. <laughs> it says stop generating result. So I if it's rambling on and you're like, no, 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 that's not what I want. Stop. It's like, shut up, chat GPT. And then you can tell it to do something else. It's very satisfying. Yeah. Anyhow. So what so did yes, you ask it? I think I asked it, you know, what are the top frameworks for decision-making? I don't know. I asked it a bunch of different questions about decision-making oh, cool. frameworks and what gets in the way and stuff like that. But I was looking for a list. So I also did ask it, you know, give me a grid of decision-making frameworks and and when they're most applicable, like under what decision-making circumstances. It didn't do a very good job with that. Here's an example. So one of them is SWOT analysis, which stands for strengths, 
weaknesses, opportunities, threats. And it gave me the answer of when to use it of when you need to assess strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. <laughs> it's like I'm a fourth like, grader explaining a vocabulary word. It was, it was a pretty lame answer. So anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I got. So I was going to ask you to guess, like, how many do you think I found when I Three. did this search? Three. How many frameworks? <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Let me give you a serious answer. Really? 30? I don't even have a number. I felt like there were a million kajillion decision-making That's a trick framework. question. <laughs> well, and part of the problem was some of the answers that came up, it was a trick question. Part of the uh, answers that came up, I, there was this crossover of decision-making versus problem-solving. And it's the same, but also different. I, You know, I, you know, I get that. And I think that's yeah. important because all this yeah. stuff is is related. I mean, and this is the second half of an episode on a topic about decision-making too. And the previous episode, we didn't cover frameworks, but it's really, I, I get that. I, yeah. I could see that crossover. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not very good for a search engine to reply that way, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So yeah. Huh. So anyhow, the point of this was when I did the search, there were enough results that I realized you could get so stuck trying to make a decision about how you should go about making a decision that you should just not do that. Yeah. Like, there were just too many. And you're like, should I use this one? Should I use that one? So there were just, there were plenty. I mean, it was kind of nice to see that there's all these different things people have come up with, but also some of them are very complicated. Wow. Okay. So I will tell you and the audience all six of you, that I had no idea where you're going to go with this. I can't wait to see how you're going to guide us about choosing a decision-making framework, walking through it and choosing it, because this is going to be good. It reminds me of to-do list applications. There's a million of them, and you can get caught just trying to just try all of them and not pick anything and get more productive. Yes. But you're going to help us with this. I'm going to try. I'm going to do my yeah. best. I well, think I'm it's here a with you, man. Big, complicated pro process here. But yeah, that's what we're really aiming to do is we are aiming to give people just the right amount of information to mm -hmm. really just improve their decision-making approach. That's great. And not have to try and deal with the overwhelm of chat GPT's answers. Okay. I'm in. I was going to start this with making the case. I guess I should make the case. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Make the case for why do we care about decision-making? Yes, absolutely. Aside from we're having to do it all the time and it's very stressful or it can be very stressful. I don't know. Some people probably find it easier than others, but really what's happening here is your business is designed and operating based on all past decisions you have made. Yeah. Literally every decision you make is creating the business you have. Yeah. So the small ones matter too, right? So today yes. we are going to focus more on the bigger decisions that you have to make in business because okay. you don't really need to apply some of these frameworks to straightforward decisions. But as a business owner or a leader in business, having a process for doing this really effectively can really make a difference in the performance of business because it's helping you approach it in a more thoughtful, mindful way, but also enabling you to do that more quickly. So that's really what we're aiming to do is how do we create both a, a way to make better decisions, but also to do them a little more efficiently. 
And the other piece of this that I don't want to brush over at all is it's also just good for your own personal well-being. Because we all we've all done this, right? Where we just ruminated on a decision and we just can't stop, but we can't make the oh, decision. Never done no, that. George has never done that. Because he's all perfect. the time. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes you crazy, right? You're just really yeah. you're trying because you so want it to be the right decision. Yeah. And so this also will help your own mental state of having a way to approach this. So that's what we're aiming to do in this episode. The other thing I want to emphasize here is that even if you're making a bad or a wrong decision, it most often is better than not making a decision at all. Because when you make a wrong move, it does tell you something important. Sometimes we hesitate to make the decisions because we're so worried it will be wrong, but What's important is to remember that like you can still correct that and and we're also all going to do it at some point. We're all going to make a wrong move. We all we all already have in our lives made a bunch of wrong moves. We're still fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right? Yeah. And and it's going to be impossible to know if a decision is the right one before actually doing it. Right? Yeah. You just can't know all the things. You none of us can, you know, see into the future and see all the variables. So all the research in the world isn't going to tell us whether this decision is going to pan out or not. But if you have a process for both making the decision and following through on that decision, it does increase your odds for success. And that's what we're here to do. We're okay. not going to achieve perfection. We, we will definitely increase your odds for success in making good decisions. Yeah. I mean, this also brings back clearly other belief shifts that you mentioned. So make a decision. And then instead of critiquing yourself, you take a curiosity approach and you'll learn from that. Right. Yes. Oh, yeah. Makes it easier you're for you to decide. You're going to make mistakes. Just be curious about it. Don't over criticize yourself. Yes, 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 yes. For so, example. yeah, I'm going to ask you some more about belief shifts in a minute, too, after I go through this next thing. So, I'm glad that oh. you went there because I definitely huh, want to okay. pull these out. So, <laughs> okay. thank you. Great minds thinking alike. <laughs> so, when you think about making a good decision, George, what's top of mind? What do you feel oh. is if I'm going to make a good decision, I need to fill in the blank? Yeah, that's huh. That's a great question. The first thing that comes to mind is not like, do you have a decision-making framework? Although I have some for different kinds of decisions. The first thing that comes to mind is thinking about when somebody tells me, hey, I'm leaving the team, I'm taking on this other job. And then I ask them, do you feel like you've taken a good risk? Is this a good decision for you? Are you going towards something or running away something? So have you thought through what it looks like for you? Does it match what you need? So I guess what I'm thinking is, do you have some criteria Mm. that you apply when you're making decisions. Guess what that boils down to? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's top of mind. That's great. I guess. And you're right. I don't think a framework or a process necessarily is the first thing we think of. We're yeah, thinking of something you. else. I don't. Uh, I do. Yes. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah. So, this is, <laughs> so this is what I want to impart to the whole audience here, which is okay. the first thing about making a good decisions is to just have a process for it. And not just for the decision itself, but also for executing on it. Because one of the things I see happens is even if we are good at getting to the decision, that we don't have good follow through on those decisions. I see this happen a lot where, wait, I heard in this conversation, this last meeting I was in that we made X decision. So why are we doing that now? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You see this a lot. Like, oh, because we're not doing good follow through on this decision because- we don't have a good process for it or also because we're a little bit scared. We're kind of trying to not put all of our eggs in one basket. And well, maybe I can do a little bit of both. And that's not always the best thing to do either. You're right. A decision not followed through is not really a decision. 
Yeah. I mean, why isn't that a rush lyric? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh my that would have been excellent. <laughs> but I totally forgot about this thing. That's one of the most frustrating things for me I've seen in corporate corporate life is yes. big group spends all this time, makes a decision, and then they just don't pay attention to it. Like, what? You're right. Oh, yes. then you didn't really decide, did you? No. And you know what that means for all the people working in that company, right? So it might make sense to the leader. Like, I know exactly why we're doing this. And I've seen this happen. Like, I know the leaders know exactly why they're doing it. And they can think in these very complex strategic ways. But the people that are just doing the work on the ground, yeah, yeah. middle management and down, they're like, these guys don't know what the heck they're doing. That's all <laughs> they see, right? They're yeah. just like, they yeah. do not know what they're doing. This looks crazy. This doesn't make any sense to me. So obviously they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Sometimes that's true. And sometimes that's not. Sometimes there's a method to their madness. But regardless, when we do it, it does have this appearance of what a miss and that we're not true to our word because we make a decision and then we're not really following through on it. And these yeah. are all bad things to have happen in your company from a cultural and morale perspective. Not, not good at all. No, they're horrible. You're right. Yeah. So we want to tackle both of these problems, both the the art of making the good decision and then the actual execution of it. Yeah, okay. So most of the frameworks I found out there really do just focus on the actual decision-making part itself to solve this particular problem or close this gap. And that makes okay. sense to me because that's usually what we fret about the most is just, do we make this decision? Do we make the right one? Yeah. And some of the frameworks, they're going to be better for really simple decisions versus more complex. That's why there's so many, because there's so many different types of decisions to be made. So it makes sense to me, you know, when you think about it, I'm glad that there's lots of different frameworks because they're not all decisions are equal, but it just can be confusing and overwhelming if you're really just wading into this and you're already feeling anxious about like, I just need to make a decision, but now I have to make a decision on the framework to use to make the decision. Ah, <laughs> too much, right? Yeah. So whatever you choose to do, whatever you take away from this, again, you know, my mindset's always smaller is better and doing something is better than doing nothing. So if you're just trying to be thoughtful and take some time to study your decision before you leap to it, before you have a knee-jerk reaction about it, if you're doing that, you're already ahead of the game. Similarly, in the other direction, if you're hesitating and you have all these decisions and you're just holding back on them, if you use this as a way to make some steps forward and maybe just start by making some smaller decisions, then you're also already ahead of the game. So we're working from both uh, angles of this problem, which is I might rush to make decisions too fast, or I might be just dragging my feet and not making decisions fast enough. So we got to hit this middle ground. What's the sweet spot yeah. of the right amount of time to take to make a good decision? All right. So let's start with the overall framework. Uh, this is where I was going to ask you about belief shifts, George. So you already brought one up, but there's a couple more because you brought up the curiosity one, which I think is hugely important. Definitely yeah. curiosity over self-criticism yeah. is significant in decision-making. Yeah. Because the self-criticism is often why we're hesitating. We're going to beat ourselves up if we make the wrong choice. It is for me. Yeah. It is something I have to think about for sure. Yeah. And I got pretty good self-esteem. So yeah. Yeah, this is true. I know this to be true. Yeah. So, so what else? Two, yeah, there's two more that I can think of, but what can you think of? You know, don't you don't look. Just don't realize. Look. So my words for one of the belief shifts is no spaghetti. No spaghetti. You know, just throw spaghetti <laughs> on the wall. So planning yeah. it over winging it. No spaghetti. No spaghetti. 
I'm going to simplify these beliefs. I, I don't know why that's what's in my head. I guess that's my mnemonic. I didn't even thought about it. So I think planning over wing it. I mean, that's the whole point of this. We're making decisions. Yes. And so what we're talking about in terms of planning it is process over outcomes. Yeah. So instead of obsessing over whether I get the right decision or not, focus on the process of not just making it, but executing it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's all over that. All right. So again, I want to emphasize, we are talking about fairly complex decision-making. So things like, should I pivot my business in this other direction in order to get more growth? Or should I be making a change in my marketing strategy? We're, we're talking about big stuff. We're not talking about the little things like, what should I work on today? Or what should I have for lunch? You know, yeah, that kind of thing. So to start, let's just talk about the basic steps for solid decision-making. I'm just focusing on the, the process of making the decision itself. And th that's mostly what we're going to focus on in this episode. I'm not going to get much into the actual, I've talked about executing. We've talked about how that's important. That's going to be another episode, or this is just going to take too long. So this one, I just want to focus on the actual decision-making itself, because that's really what the frameworks focus on. Are you with me? Yes. Okay. So basic steps for solid decision-making look like this. Okay. It starts with clearly identifying the problem or the gap. What is the decision I actually need to make and why does it matter? Because if I don't have clarity about that, I'll never make a decision. It's too wide open. Sometimes I think we're thinking about making a decision about something, but we haven't really gotten clear with ourselves about why it's important. So we might be hung up on making a decision because Somebody else told us we needed to do it, or we're seeing other yeah. businesses do it, yeah. or it's just something that's presented itself, but we haven't taken a minute to do that as we talk about often reflection on, wait, why is this decision matter? So what it, what is the problem I'm trying to solve in my business or the gap I'm trying to close with this decision? You know, this one, I think I agree. It's the first thing you got to ask, and it's really important, but when I try to talk to people about this, and sometimes when I think about it, I think like, really? You're... That's that's the thing you have to think about, what trying to figure out what problem you're trying to solve. But all the time and recently at work, I've run into this where somebody has presented the slide deck with some changes they want to make. And I'm part of this group that looks at this and we're like, why are you doing this? I mean, yes, it's a change. I get the change. I can see that you're listing all the benefits, but like I've literally heard this question, what problem are you trying to solve exactly? Because otherwise I have no idea why you're making this. Yeah, I I agree. It doesn't seem obvious to me until you actually think about it for eight seconds and you got to be clear yeah. about what problem you're trying to solve. Yeah. So I just want everybody to sort of be open to this idea that it's very common for us to go into creating solutions because frankly, that's just more fun because it's creative, right? I'm creating, I'm like, I have this idea and I have that idea. And sometimes we just jumble them all together into a presentation or a decision. Yeah. That's the fun part. Yeah. But what happens is if we start by just doing that and creating ideas without being clear about the problem we need to solve or that gap we need to close, then yeah. this is just, it's spaghetti. <laughs> it's yeah. just a okay. bunch of stuff. I mean, it might be cool stuff and you might be able to sell it as a really cool idea, but if you aren't really clear about what it is you're trying to get to, then it's hard to come up with a really crisp and clear solution. Yeah. 
I agree. And then this is sometimes where decisions go wrong because then there's too much built into it. Like, well, now we're trying to do everything in the kitchen sink all in this one decision, which really is, again, kind of not making a decision because we're just trying to do all the things, all the cool ideas. Yeah. So it starts with this clarity of what is the problem. And that in itself is not an easy mental exercise for lots of people. No. No. So it can take some practice. It takes some training. And this is actually where I find as a coach and a consultant, I can be most useful in organizations because I'm coming from the outside and you don't know their problems as well. They're living them all the time. So they're like, well, of course, this is going to solve these problems. But when I really get into questioning them to make them get clear about stating it, they get more clarity about the problem in a way that they can't really do on their own. We get stuck in our own. Can't see the forest for the trees kind of is the problem. That's cool. I uh, I get it now. Okay. You, you get why my job exists? Well, <laughs> I think of you as like overall capable and being able to go and spend a week with a client, do all kinds of stuff with them. But like that first step of just saying, hey, look, let me help you just identify what problem or problems you're trying to solve. Just that, I, yeah, you're right. A lot of people really can't do that for themselves. And I'm not even we're even not even talking about root cause analysis, but that's what you're going to do. You're going to help them reveal st- what's the real problems here. There's huge value in that. And even if you stopped there, some organizations or some clients or some people, that would be enough for them to make good progress on their own. Just that. That's enormous. Yeah, I, it's really cool. Yeah, it's true that really just getting that kind of clarity about lots of things in your business, that can really be this big relief valve, just opening up all this potential and opportunity in a business just to have that bit of a different perspective. And it's something that we find as we're running a business, it's really hard to take time to do that. So when do we stop doing the work and reflect on the work? So that is number one. And then number two is where what you were talking about comes in, which is I need some criteria. So what are the outcomes I actually want from this? What are the parameters? Like there's going to be acceptable, not acceptable scenarios or results. You might say, you know what? I'm okay if this happens, but ideally it doesn't. So you need to establish these criteria of like how this decision delivers on solving the problem or closing the gap. So it's not enough to just know what. Because you're not going to have a perfect answer. So we have to have some criteria so we can say, how do we get to the best answer for my business and for my situation? So establishing criteria is number two. And then you do the research. Usually we start with the research because it's the fun part. Oh, I need a new, uh, like you said, I need a new app for managing my task list. I'm just going to start researching because that's the fun part. And I'm going to start experimenting instead of what do I need it to do? What do I actually need this thing to do first? So yes, then you can research after you've done steps one and two. What are all these possible solutions and choices that could be considered and open it up to what are all the possible scenarios and solutions? Because processing through the ones that aren't the right ones is a helpful exercise. Being able to weed out that one's not right for this reason. And that's not right for that reason. It also is a good test of, did I establish the right criteria? So even though I'm kind of laying out a linear process as I talk about it, it can go back and forth. So I might get to Number three, research and say, maybe I didn't establish my problem as clearly as I thought. So definitely go back and prove the problem statement and prove the criteria, whatever works. So research number three. Number four is where you actually make a decision. Mm. 
boom, boom, boom. So you can use the criteria and the problem definition to help you with now that I have all these options, which one do I pick? And this step, this number four is where we're going to talk about frameworks in a minute. Because okay. you're like, just make a decision. Isn't that the whole problem is that people don't even know how, even though I have all these criteria, I still might not know how. So make a decision is four. Number five okay. is then you make the plan for how you're going to implement this decision, which again, I'm not going to go into a bunch of detail yet in this episode, but you make a plan, you take action. And then the final step is to evaluate and improve on the outcome. Okay. So that is your full process for decision making because making the decision doesn't count if you don't implement it, which is another lyric somehow of <laughs> decision not implemented, never existed. Like with the tree falls in the forest and nobody was there to hear it. If a decision was made, but nobody implemented it, did the decision actually get made? I say no. That's funny. No. Okay. Yeah. We're not the best at the jokes, but we try, we try people. And that feels like a great place for us to stop for this episode, because we kind of go on and on about the decision-making frameworks. So I'm going to hold that for the next episode. So please tune in to the next one when we will talk about step four, which is making the actual decision. And we'll go through some frameworks and help you with how to do that. In the meantime, I hope that you will use these five steps to make some better decisions in your business or at your work. And also, I would love it if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, but you can also just leave us a voicemail if you just want to say, hey, maybe give us some ideas for topics you'd like us to talk about or leave us some feedback. We'd love to hear about it. You can leave us a message at thebeliefshift.com. There's a little widget on the side where you can click leave a voicemail. And last but most importantly, if you want some help with better decision making, then just book a free consultation with me and we'll talk about it. You can go to camillerapaz.com slash book a call. There'll be a link in the show notes for this and you can book a free one hour conversation with me and we'll chat about it and see if there's some ways that I can help you out. All right, that's all for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will be back in your ears next week. Mm-hmm.